This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. There are no spoilers in this episode, but there is mention of the Cruel Prince and Throne of Glass. Additionally, there are discussions surrounding ableism and other marginalized communities. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing a hot topic. We are talking about audiobooks versus reading physical books. Is audio really reading? I think a good way to start off this episode, and I mean... I guess for some of our new listeners, I don't know. We just we just love everybody. If anybody's listened to our intro episode, we kind of talk a little bit about how we got into reading and not to age ourselves, but the I want to say the audiobooks might not necessarily have been at our fingertips the way they are now. Right. I mean, I know you were talking a little bit about your grandma earlier about like she had access to different tapes and, you know, we could go down that road. But Laura, you've been reading audiobooks a lot longer than I have. I only started in 2020, like January 2020. Right. So I think it's fair to say that uh, Editor Sam has been doing audiobooks way longer than I have. He started when we were still living in New Jersey, actually, and he went through the whole Game of Thrones series with the audio. That sounds so hard to just like follow. You know, it is and it isn't because Roy Dutrice is a fantastic narrator. And he says that uh, using the audio version gave him his own um, experience with it. But he wasn't able to sit down and recognize the names and the places right away just because he had never seen he, he had never seen the spellings of things. So okay. of that is, you know, something that is discussed a lot. But I really started listening to audio, you know, pretty much when I moved because I didn't have a car and I was walking everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. And, and it gave me something to do. And I love audiobooks. I have always really loved people reading to me, especially when I was young and in school. So I think that was a big part of it, too. Well, you've always, because I mean, again, from our intro episode, you would say like you loved reading as a kid, but then it was, it was really about finding what would hook you. And then once you were in, you're in and you can't, and I think that could, that's fair to be like said about a lot of people who say, well, I'm not a reader. Well, sometimes maybe you just haven't found that thing that sucks you in yet. Right. And I think especially as people who are into fantasy sci-fi, once you're, once you're in, you're in. And I remember I had, you know, after I had switched into like my career now, my first year in 2019 was completely dedicated to my role. I was working 15 hour days, absolutely loved it, still love it. Um, but I wanted to bring that reading back into my life. However, I am like motion sickness queen. So during the commute, 
you were like, well, try an audiobook. And I was like, I don't know. I can't pay attention. I was kind of listening to podcasts or one per- podcast in particular. And you're like, just try it. So my first audiobook was Elvis Duran's um, Where Do I Begin? And it seemed like a good transition. You hear him on the radio. If anybody doesn't know, he's like the biggest rate. And to me, he's the biggest radio host that's syndicated. I know some people might be like, oh, Ryan Seacrest. But like, I respect the hell out of Elvis Duran, especially even more so with his biography. And there's something to be said to about listening to biographies read by the person you know, and I think editor Sam even said that to our favorite chef. Oh, God, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, we, Jessica, you and I and Sam and someone who shall not be named went to a, um, an event with Anthony Bourdain and we had his book and you could take photo ops afterward and, and like kind of talk to him. And we waited till we were like the last ones in line and, um, we we went up and Sam was like, you know, I, I really love that you narrated your own audiobook. And Anthony Bourdain, rest in peace, rest in power, rest in everything. I love you. Uh, he goes, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Get fucking Jeremy Irons to do it? <laughs> direct quote, direct quote. <laughs> and we were just like, ah, well, I mean, Jeremy Irons is badass. But yeah, you're right. Like it. It's it's interesting for a biography to hear it in that person's voice. It makes it very real and um, pretty wonderful. And, you know, I feel like it makes it more. I don't know about everybody. If I'm reading a biography, I mean, even in school, I'm already bored or even an autobiography. So I feel like when that when the narrator is the person, if the, when the writer is the narrator, it's it's storytelling. You feel like you're a part of their life. And that's kind of how I felt with Jessica Simpson's book. Like I could not read it, even though I did the meet and greet at Barnes and Noble with her. And it was great meeting her. I mean, we grew up with like, you know, seeing her on TRL. Um, But hearing about it, I was, I felt like I was hanging out with my best friend. I was like, yes, Jess, like I'm all, I loved it. I loved it. I, and then you're, you're, you just feel like you're just having one big tea sesh. So I think with all things listening, is a skill, right? Like active listening, really kind of just putting yourself aside and really focusing on something else and processing it and and really going with it is a skill and like all things it needs to be practiced. Um, Jess, you had trouble with the physical books of Akatar, but with the audio, it like sucked you in. Yeah, I think part of that is also because what really kicked started my... Um, my love for audiobooks again last year. Um, you know, we started working from home in the pandemic. And then, you know, with my anxiety, I was like, I'm going to go for a walk a day. And I was like, I'm going to go for two walks a day. And it was training. It was a, a really about training my ear. Um, so, you know, because for me, I was like, it's easy to space out or you start like having, you know, your thoughts start overtaking your, you know, your mind, even though you're listening to something very Charlie Brown of like, wah, wah, wah. And you'd, I'd have to rewind the book and everything. So I had been going, you know, and I was up to like 12 miles a day. So I was just constantly listening to the books. Um, and I was during like the contemporary romance stuff that I had been reading and all the stuff that, you know, I was laughing and joking about you. With. I'm like, I don't know why I'm reading this, but I'm sucked in. I'm a, I'm living for it. So then when you had sent me the the set, 
I just couldn't get into it. And you're like, let's let's try this other thing. Tried it. Next thing you knew, flew through it. Something that was taking me months to like just re get into the first book. And and I was hooked. And and what I really also like about the audio, especially in, in sci-fi, right? Because everybody's having their own pronunciation, hot take, it's resand. Don't know what I, I don't care what anybody else says because that's that's what it like that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. Not only is there a guide, you know, and 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 I guess it's different for every author because JLA recently did a live on Instagram and she was like, Look, who anybody's been following me for a long time, I interchange the names regularly. Like I say the name, but I pronounce it a different time, every different way. And it made me feel really good about Delano. So I was like, oh, okay. So like, because at one point she said Delano and I go like, Drano? No, we love Delano. Oh, it's so true. Okay. So as long as we're talking about audio, let's talk about something that makes audio very uh, important and kind of makes it difficult for people to get into. You have to find the right narrator. And the right narrator will make or break a book. It will make or break a story. And that is, I mean, this is just me personally. I really don't like when celebrities do audiobooks because a lot of the times they're just flat, right? Do you think that they're, do you think it's be part of it's because they just think it's, oh, I'm an actor. I can do this. I don't have to put any, just like, like, there, there are people who are just like very attractive and they probably think they don't have to put any effort into what they do because their looks have gotten them by the whole time. Yes, I think so. And uh, there's a good example of this. Uh, James Marston, Mar- mm. Ma- Mar- Spike, Spike from Buffy. Oh, James. James Marsters. Marsters. Yeah, you know, yeah. we've, we've I don't met know him. Pro- we should I know his never name. never know oh. how to pronounce his last name, though. Yeah, Spike from Buffy. We, he's great, right? We know he can do accents. We, yes, we know he is a good actor. He can do all these things. We know this. He narrates the Dark Artifices, uh, Shadowhunter oh. books, and it's so fucking flat. You really have to change your ear because he speaks really soft for the girls, and then he's really bold for the boys, and it's like, okay. But once you kind of get in his rhythm, like his cadence, and you kind of accept that this is what it is, it, it is a lot better. But, you know, there are some narrators that I cannot stand. And because of that, I cannot stand the books. So there is something to be said for finding the right narrator and narrators that have skill like Stina. Uh, Stina Nielsen, queen. And I actually have her on like one of my list of favorite people because I just... The diverse, I mean, I, we, we've talked about this on Akasif. We spoke about this and the crown of guilt of bone and basically anything with from blood and ash. She just brings the characters to life and she acts her ass off. And, you know, when I read from blood and ash, it was immediately after Akasif and that transition. I was like, Oh, I don't know how this is going to be seamless. Didn't feel like I was listening to Nesta. She does such a wonderful job. And I feel like sometimes narrators, especially someone like her, it kind of elevates the reading experience. I mean, would I have always thought Castile was hot? Absolutely. But her just bringing his sass and his accent and like, you just know, you just, she just oozes 
you know, these characters. And it really, I think, and that probably has is something to be said that, like, captivates us in some of these stories, too. Sure. And, you know, Julia Wayland is very good. She's a fantastic narrator. She's a little bit more breathy. And her men, you know, are not as distinct, I guess, as, as Stina's, but that's fine. She's a comfort narrator for me. I really love her. Nick Padel, my fair, favorite narrator, hands down. He does a fantastic job. He, his voice for women kind of all sound the same, but that's fine. You know, I, I can deal with it. You, you know, Stina, I think is one of those rare run, ooh, rare ones that can really do accents and differentiate characters. And it, it's, it's really wonderful. So, People that will sit there and say, like, listening to an audiobook is cheating. It's not really reading. Just drive me insane. Because as Jess was doing research, because she's so good about that, uh, <laughs> and she, you know, sent all these articles, it's people saying that, you know, there's been these studies. And, you know, if you read something and listen to it, you know, some people it, it's fine. Some people it's not so fine. The parts of the brain that light up. I mean, it's all of the scientific research, but really what it comes down to is just your fucking opinion on it. And it's really frustrating. And I think that goes to when we were talking about this earlier before getting into the episode. I feel like, yes, there's going to be scientific research. I mean, I took a scientific research studies class in for communication. And it was really, especially when it comes to like first person surveys and everything, you're just getting your own surveys at that point. So it's like when you have the friend who is asking for like, I need advice, I need advice. And they go to 16 million different people. And they're looking at that point. Sometimes the people are just looking for the advice that matched with what they wanted to do in the first place. Everyone's going to have their own opinion. And honestly, at the end of the day, what does it matter with how you consumed it? Like it's yours. And there there was like there was a quote from one of the people in one of the articles that I sent where there there just seemed to be like maybe a double standard or seemed kind of hypocritical where he would say, I think, I think it was a male, um, where the person said, you know, if I don't consider audiobook reading, but if I was in conversation with somebody and they asked me if I read the book, I would tell them yes. Well, yeah. Okay. Like, why? Why are you so okay to openly hate on audio? But when you're having a conversation about like the, the media you consume, you're like, oh, yes, I've I've processed that in my head. It's it's how we process. There are some just like certain people, they learn, they they comprehend things better visually. You have other people who comprehend things auditory. You have other people who are very tactile, who kind of need like both, and then them physically do it, which is totally me. That doesn't make one person less than another. I feel like that's always come is what it always comes down to is like who's better at like things. Yeah, and. It's really shitty. I, I so my research. Jessica did like scientific research. I went on Reddit, and I want <laughs> I wanted to see like what like real people are are saying, and real people are are saying that basically it's not equivalent. Like listening to audio isn't equivalent because reading involves like something active, and listening is something that you do passively. I don't think so. I, I don't either. Like. 
we just said like there is a comprehensive there is a comprehension level i mean we didn't just sit if, if you could argue like then why did we sit in school why are we physically going to school when all you're doing is you're listening to the teacher right and then there you know there's this other part that says you know reading involves seeing symbols and like parsing them as text and interpreting the meaning based on that and it's just an audio is like a different experience it's like okay it's ugh, ugh, okay and then the other part ugh, this is going to get me all worked up so a lot of people were saying that like yeah you know audio is really good for like you know fluff and like bullshit content but if you need to learn something then you need to have a textbook in front of you it's like I don't. And what if just, you don't learn like that, though? Exactly. That's like where I just keep defaulting to. Like, why do you have to think of people who sit in the like genius people who sit in the classroom and are bored because they've already grasped the concept? It has nothing to do with looking at the book. And another thing that people are saying, this is again, this is just on Reddit, is that they're saying that you and I disagree with this. And it just shows that they aren't familiar with audio they're like oh well you know the speed of the audio is just it's too slow or it's too boring and uh, i can't focus on it it's like you can turn up the speed yo i love that i mean i I mean especially from as two people who grew up in the south and there is definitely more of a drawl and then um you know, transition to the Northeast where everyone's like, quick, go that you, if, if you're, if you're late, you're gone. Like too bad. You're, you're on to the next where I'm just like, okay, get to like, get to the point. You could still enjoy it. And you could tell with our dialogue in our podcast, you know, we're very quick, especially when we're really hyped up about something. So I, I don't understand the pace of it either. I, I just feel like some of the, again, ever it comes down to everybody having their own opinions and being respectful of their opinions. But you shouldn't be able. I, I just don't think that it's right to say my way is the only way. Right. And there's, again, again on Reddit. I swear I'm going to stop talking about Reddit. There's people that are like, you know, I don't get the the innuendos and i don't get the sarcasm in audio i'm like wait wait what okay, why so i feel like those are you get them even more that's how the characters come to life is you can get those inflections and how you know it's just like um when you're having tech when you're texting back and forth sometimes you can come across sarcastic and that wasn't the intention you know so you could argue that well that i didn't realize it was supposed to be sarcastic in writing Right. And I think it just, again, goes back to finding a a narrator and a style that you can appreciate. And there's other people that are saying, like, I I don't retain what I'm listening to because I need to see it in front of me and, like, highlight it and, like, make notes and stuff. And on the audio, you can, like, Mm -hmm. tab a certain, like, a bookmark, a certain part so you can go back to it. And on, um, you know, Kindle... A lot of the the Kindles, there's like whisper sync and it'll you can like listen to it and then like read it and then go back and listen to it. Or it'll like it'll read the the page as you look at it. So that's really cool, too. I just feel like there's a lot of options and people are just shitting on audio with having like one bad experience and then just giving up completely and being like, oh, well, you know, that's not for me and I don't care about it at all. And, you know, heart, you know books are better, which also goes to kind of the, the toxic, um, I'm going to say consumerism, but that's, that's not really what I mean, but like just the, the, the toxic, 
uh, culture of you aren't a real reader unless you have this like glorious bookshelf filled with all of these books um, because that's what makes you a real reader when you can physically hold it in your hand, which also kind of shits on people that only do ebooks because for a really long time, because I live in Germany, I only did audio and ebooks so that I didn't have to like move them. Of course, you know, that went out the window when I started collecting <laughs> German books, but that is besides the point. And not just that. How about people who are marginalized with various incomes who might not be able to afford collections or, you know, books are expensive. Books are really expensive. And I, I love the New York Public Library. I got my card and I probably started crying because I was so happy. Um, there are times, there are plenty of books. I think we could all say this, that we read books and it's, it, the book is fine. It's great. And, but I don't, I don't need to keep it on my shelf because I'm never going to read it again. So why am I going to invest into certain things that doesn't make me less of a reader because I don't have a shelf full of things? And like you said with the ebook, I remember when I was starting on Book Talk, it was so funny because you see, you're, you're kind of, you're seeing these people with beautiful collections. And then, you know, you just have us with the ebook and you're like, Oh, I mean, granted, the collections have definitely, I, I've learned that I'm like, okay, I'm going to collect collect the books that I love that I know I'll reread um, and have them. Um, and then there are books where I'm like, you know what, that's fine. I can just I can either have it in an ebook or like I return it to the library. I, that's like my first thing too now is I see if the library has it first, you know, because I mean, that's how that's how we're going to keep growing. But I really just there's a lot of frustration and just like where where does this piousness come from of who can be considered a, a real reader, air quotes, sorry, if like, I'm right, recording. <laughs> it's so true, though. And, you know, there's something to be said for Kindle Unlimited, which, you know, if you have the, you know, if you get Kindle Unlimited, it's pretty fucking awesome. It's all those free books. And sometimes it says, like, add audible narration for 99 cents. It's like, yeah, oh. I, I'm going to do that. Or, you know, add audible narration for two bucks. It's like, okay, I got this free book and yeah, I'll pay two bucks for the audio. That's I had no idea. Cool. Yeah. You, yeah, you have to like search for it, but it's there. It says like, you know, Kindle Unlimited with audio narration. I got, um, oh fuck. Cricket. Cricket. What is the series with Cricket? Uh, under, under darkened, under different, under darkened sky. I don't know. Cricket. Um, it's a fine series. It's pretty interesting. But uh, the only reason that I started reading that like three book series is because I was out of Audible credits <laughs> and I didn't really want to spend any money. And it, it, it was there. I got it through Kindle Unlimited. And then the narration was, I think I'm pretty sure it was free. And that is fantastic. And in such a great way for people to access and and have both versions in in your library and i never would have done that if i one wasn't so invested in like trying to find audio but two just didn't didn't have like this tunnel vision of like i can only have physical book copies because right. like i'm in germany and my access to english books is very limited i have to buy them and have them shipped in from bigger cities and um that can really add up so i don't know i'm ge i'm getting heated and even when i remember you were moving over 
I go, like, how did, when we were talking about books, you go, I had one copy. It was your favorite book. And then he said you kept with your ebook because of the collection and, you know, and you leaned into audio even more. And, and even if we're looking from like a, like a monetary perspective, there is an app that I use called Libby and I connect my library card. And then when the pandemic hit and I was at my godparents, and I was like, hey, I like asked them to sign up for a library card so I can like get more libraries, like more access and more things. Um, and they're really, they're also really good to just like now you have options. And I think like the physical copies of the books were limited at that time because of the pandemic and nobody would like the libraries really weren't open, but you can get your library card and stuff. Um, you still get the ebook access. You still get audiobooks. The fact that they have like, audiobooks I think is so so cool like you just and it's at your disposal on your phone and whatever device um because we know those are not those audiobooks aren't cheap like an audible and I, I mean, we're not promoting audible but just like that's how we listen to our content um they have like a monthly a monthly subscription is $15 like the the maximum one is $15 a month but if you think about it, what was the most recent book that came out? Maybe it was Gilded Bones? Something. It was like, if you weren't a member, it's $45, $46. Realm Breaker. Oh, Realm Breaker. There we go. Um, $46 if you didn't have an Audible credit. And you're like, oh, I'm going to try a book. $46 is a lot of money. Um, I, I mean, to me. I, I'm, I'm sure I, you know, especially when you're like, oh, well, from a from a price standpoint or from like a free library standpoint, because my taxes are paying for it anyway. Like there, there's different options. Um, and I think there's there that needs to be noted, too. I just looked it up. And the Cricket series that I mentioned earlier is by Amy A. Bartol. And it's Under Different Stars, Sea of Stars and Dark in the Stars. Thank you, Kindle Unlimited, for giving me that experience. It's about aliens, in case you're wondering. I thought it was about the sport cricket, which made me like, that's usually not up your genre, Laura. <laughs> Yo, the main character's name is Cricket with a K. Okay. I really had this like, oh, like this British boarding school thing in <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! No, it, it's it's about aliens. <laughs> Which, that's why I was so confused. I was like, okay, see, that's more on brand. That seems <laughs> keep it on brand. Keep it on brand. <laughs> that's why I was so. That's why I looked so confused. I was like, okay. <laughs> now people are going to be looking up books. They're like, oh, but now I wonder if there is a book series about. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure there's a, there's a there's a really. A popular one that keeps coming up on my FYP, I think my FYP is trying to get me back into contemporary romance, is like this this hockey player series. <laughs> I don't know. They're like, oh, hockey, like hockey. It's contemporary romance, and I guess there's some, some spice, but it's based around hockey, like various hockey players. I don't know, but I feel like at, that my FYP is trying to be like, hey, Jess, you want to default? You want to go back to your old ways of, of your jocks and your chads? And I'm like, no. I will not. Uh, so as long as we're talking about audio and this, that, that actually just kind of made me think about it is uh, something that I know I struggled with at first, but that doesn't really phase me now is when an audiobook is narrated by somebody 
with an accent. So uh, Priory has that and Legendborn has that. Red Rising has that. And there's a thousand others. So that I can see as being off-putting for some people. Uh, it's kind of the reason why I am not a fan don't hate me, of Mark Twain because he writes colloquially and that takes me straight out of the of the book because I'm looking at at how he's he's writing and it's a bunch of apostrophes and it's yeah. like it's like, hey y'all, how y'all doing? Which is fine, but the when it's written out, it, it's difficult and my eyes are like, what what is that? But yeah. you know, hearing it is totally different. And I love I'm loving Legendborn. Um, I just, part of me feels like, I know the book takes place in North Carolina, but it just, th there is some sort of little bit of comfort. Like, it's kind of like a mix of comfort and like PTSD of growing up down south. I like the accents. I think it, I think it, again, it brings something. There was this one book that I read one time in December. I think it was a contemporary romance about like star-crossed lovers and they were British. Like, and I think that's, I, I feel like, British, like it, it's just a transition. I feel like everybody's used to hearing British accents, um, but then when it's outside of that, everyone's like, "Wait, what?" And there, there might be a little bit of confusion um, again. But that's just like what we've been exposed to, or what we're used to hearing a lot. It's just like when we move to New Jersey. This goes with like listening comprehension, learning different dialects. Um, based on the people that we're interacting with because we are in such a diverse area. That took a while. People always talk about having like a diverse bookshelf and like diverse books. And I think audio is really good about that because, um, I mean, not all the time, obviously, but like when we're talking about uh, accents, you know, Legendborn, like that is so fantastic. Like the main character is this like beautiful black girl and the narrator is just really wonderful and it all kind of flows together and it makes it so much more of a real story, right? Because it's, I'm not inserting myself in there, but I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like it's just so much more meaningful, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it I feel like it really sets the tone, right? And it helps with the setting because when I am reading a physical book, I'm not giving them accents. I'm not giving them really different voices. I'm not differentiating between like men and women when I'm reading. It's all just kind of like my flat internal monologue. So I feel like audio is a richer experience and I'm so immersed in it that I, I like I'm listening to all of this. I can see it very clearly. And it's just it's it's more meaningful. It's more meaningful to me. And of course, like I love reading physical books, but um, I really I, I really prefer audio and I don't skip around. And I find myself skipping around a lot when I'm ready, reading a physical book. Well, it's funny you said that because even I remember with um, Akawar, we had discussed that and we had discussed with the audio too, or even with um with the cruel prince, where okay, so Akawar, you have the battle scenes, and you said like typically you like if you were reading a battle scene, you would skim over it. Um, or with um the cruel prince, there's this page where Cardin where and this isn't really spoiler, Jude finds this 
page of pa- piece of paper that Cardin just has Jude written all over it. Oh, she goes so hard. Right. And I just like, I think if I was reading it physically, I'd be like, okay, this whole page lists Jude. Go on to the next page. Totally. But with the audio, it was just like repetitive. And I go, is she taking a breath? She's not taking a breath. And you just like you get the intensity of it. And I think that's like you and it's hard to skip over things because you can't fast forward or rewind because you don't know what you're going to miss. Um, and I, again, it adds to the experience. I know with um, Kingdom of Ash, it was usually I was coloring or I was doing something while I was listening to the audio or I was walking. Um, and then with Kingdom of Ash towards the end, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just pick up the book while I'm listening. And that was that was the best and the worst thing because yeah, it just, that, I mean, that if you guys up. have, if you've heard our <laughs> Kingdom of Ash episode, I'm just like crying the whole time, gasping for air. And Laura's just like, just, just let it go. But at the same time, she goes, why did you torture yourself like that? I go, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, it feels like a read along and I'm just like even more engrossed into the story because now like that's just kind of been my thing. I've taken a step back from coloring for some reason. I think I was just, you know, I needed a break and now I'm reading the book while listening to the audio. And I just it just it brings me back to like little kid me when I'm just like, oh, this is when I was happy and like life didn't suck. Something the audio kind of lacks that I find myself missing is the maps. The maps in books are really important. And unless your audio comes with like a PDF, and some of them do, some of them do, uh, but not a lot of them, you are missing out on the map. So in that way, it's kind of difficult to establish the the world. Well, and that's specific to fantasy sci-fi. Yes. yes, Okay. Because I was going to say, like I went when I was reading some of my contemporary romance and they were based out of New York. I was, I mean, I, you know, I knew where those pinpoints were. And I was like, okay, this is where they are. This is where they are. Like, I just knew, I, you just know because you already have that map in your head. Right. Or like, um, oh, there was another book that I read. It was spicy, whatever. But it, it, it was when they were in Milan? No, Rome. And they were in that Port of Villarta area or Past, wherever we stayed, you, I just like visually knew because they're real locations. Right. You know, but when you're in fantasy sci-fi, you're like, you have to pull up the map, you have to figure it out or I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like maps is, is one of those kind of arguments where I could be like, okay, you know, a physical, a physical copy would be great. However, you can just like fucking Google that. Right. In, unless it's like a brand ass new release. Right. And but I feel like there was a new map for Crown of Gilded Bones and JLA made that available online. Right. Yeah. And people do that. And that's great. Yeah. And Scarlett St. Clair, I think she just did an Instagram live and she has said for her third book, For a Touch of Malice, she said the hardcover copies have a colored map in the book. So Ooh, that's but cool. again, if you go to her site directly, you can pull up the map. Yeah, and you can buy you can buy very beautiful maps on Etsy. Uh, you know, the, I still need my Prithian map. There, there are maps. There are maps available. So if you just want to do audio, like it, it can be done. It, it's not like you know I need to buy a physical copy for it. But you know, sometimes it is nice. It is nice. And th- this is another thing. A lot of people on Book Talk talk about they have this, um, you know, massive to read list, right? 
and they have stacks and stacks of books. Oh, that, they're TBRs, yeah. Yeah, that they like can't get to. Uh, I think audio is really good for that because not only are you able to kind of blow through a huge amount of books, if you have the time, obviously this is all like time related, um, but you're not, at least in, in my case, I'm not buying books and not reading them just because of the, the credit kind of situation that we use on Audible. Um, it, I, I don't, I don't waste, I'm going to say waste and I don't mean that in a like mean, like horrible way. I'm not wasting money on books that I'm not reading. Um, I'm only, you know, and, and you can return books on Audible too. We recently did that. We recently did not finish a book and we returned it and we got Legendborn and, you know, obviously we're, we're, I'm done with it. Jesse will be done with it tomorrow. So I, I think for, uh, I'm not going to, I don't want to say waste, but it is kind of sad to have a massive to read list and then not doing it. Right. And then and then stacking books on top of more books, because that is what the culture is. Right. Do you think it's do you think that's a it's a cult? Is it like book culture, like reader culture? Or do you do you think that there's this kind of. I I don't want to say keeping up with the Joneses, but sometimes I wonder if that's if there's like this this innate competitiveness between some people i'm not saying that it's a huge thing like it's with everybody but like i have i know for like on my goodreads i have a tbr i'm not someone who's like i have to read this book i basically say oh this looks like a good book i'll mark it because i might forget about it later um and that's happened where we've been in like especially before um fantasy sci-fi and really like leaning into you and seeking out like your advice laura i was like i don't know what to read now and i'd say like oh like let me see what's on my list and then i would cross reference to see if it was you know available at the library and go from there um and and that was that you know it just seems like some people are like oh look at all these all all these books that i have to read you don't have to read them it's just kind of like a they're there they're not but like i would feel bad if i had all these books on my shelf i have Three. I have two, like physical, two or three physical co- physical books that I have that I have not read, um, and one of them is a biography. And I'm like, I'm gonna wait for you to go on sale on audio. Like, it's good for my, like, it's good to have because it's a work related book. I don't know. I'm looking at my like wish list that I have on Audible, and you know, none of these are are like, mm, I don't know, eh. Oh, the Poppy War. I really, I really want to read the Poppy War, um, but it, it, it's just nice. I don't know because I, I'm a naturally competitive person, and I actively try to like stomp that down because it's not my best self, and I'm aware of that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I have a, a huge wish list on uh, on my Audible, but it's mostly because I found out that you'll get an email when that book goes on sale or something i was like oh if it's if it's three dollars if it's five dollars today you know i think of all the times i've probably wasted money at five below or at the dollar store and i'm like i'm going to get much more happiness out of a five dollar book than i would for like a five dollar like piece of candy or something (laughs) or like gag gift at five below that's kind of how 
I see it now. Or it's stuff that, you know what, I read from the library and I still really, I, I want, I want it again. I just don't want to pay full price. Ugh. Uh, so talking about Audible or not Audible, but like the audio, uh, a lot of people throughout like the articles that we read and just like me, like perusing Reddit, they're like, you know, you do the audio when you're doing mundane tasks, which is exactly what I use it for. Um, and they were like, you know, but you, you don't really retain the information. And there is one aspect where I agree with that. So, um, I was reading Lady Midnight, which is a Shadow Hunter book and reading it. I say, uh, listening to the audio because it is the same for me. This is the hill I will die on. And I was also playing a video game. I don't remember which one. And I had to turn the volume on the game down all the way because I was getting distracted by like what was going on in the game because it's like activating two very different parts. I feel like I don't think scientifically this is true, but like I felt like it was activating two different parts of my brain. Like I'm visualizing the story and like comprehending everything that's happening in the book, but like the video game, I'm using my hands and I'm like making decisions and fighting goblins and trying not to like fall off the cliff on my horse, you know? So, uh, in, in that way, it is kind of, kind of difficult. And like the text bubbles come up and you have to make decisions. And when that happened, I had to pause the audio so I could give my a thousand percent focus on the game. But when I'm just walking to the grocery store or walking around the fields, they brought the cows through town today. It was pretty cool. Um, this is something annually that happens where I live. They bring the cows down. And, um, but you know, like when you're doing that, I am so happy to have, uh, audio. And also it's fantastic because my headphones kind of like stick out of my ears a little bit and it's an indicator to not talk to me, which is also <laughs> great. And you know, it's funny you say that. And I think it also depends on the type of book that you're listening to because there are times, especially last summer when I came back from furlough, there were times where I was like, Oh, I'll finish it during work. I'll finish this or I'm going to finish a book during work. And I was able, I'm able to listen to certain things that I don't feel like I need to be completely um, immersed into. Um, and that, so I can, I would fly through books when I was working. However, with especially fantasy sci-fi, I find myself saying, okay, I'm not listening to that in work because I feel like there's a lot of components going on. And, you know, I've been seeing in different author groups on Facebook specifically, because if you go to their website, they'll be like, oh, join an interactive group here. And it's typically, it brings you to Facebook. And, you know, I know a lot of people don't have Facebook. I know a lot of people do. I think it just depends on like where you want to gauge the interaction. Um, but people will say like, you know, I have a commute to work and I, you know, I do want to read books and I don't want to miss out on certain experiences because I can't, you know, physically look at a book and drive, but you want to kind of, you know, and, and Laura, we've been talking about like that, um, what what was it called? Like sleep revenge, where you're so tired, but you don't have any time in the day for yourself. So you're trying to maximize like you're up at like two in the morning or something just so you can have a little bit of like, quote unquote, me time because you can't. So I find myself doing that a lot. And I know I'm not the only person. And I feel like audiobooks kind of bring you back to have a little bit more of that me time. But that's not the only thing. I mean, think about people who to to say reading listening to a book isn't reading well what about people who want to listen to like these new releases that don't 
immediately get made into Braille who are, you know, seeing, you know, who, who might be visually impaired. Do they not do these, these people, do they not to get an opportunity to be a part of the experience and share and the excitement of things that they love or they have to hold off because, oh, well, you know, that'll come around in a couple of years because even the audiobooks don't come out immediately, you, you know? So I just, I don't think it's fair to kind of to isolate people. It's ableist. It's absolutely ableist. And I have a whole rant on this about printers, which is like not physically like owning a printer and that being um, classist and ableist, but that's a whole different thing. But um, my grandmother who recently passed, uh, but she lost most of her vision four, five years ago. And reading was something that she loved. She uh, lived in a assisted living facility for a couple of years and she, she was me and I was her. We were the same person. And my mom, who is not like us, <laughs> was like, you know, you need to go out and meet people and like go down and like make friends. And my grandma would be like, fuck you. I have all these books. Like <laughs> suck it in. And, um, you know, oh, amazing woman. Uh, but she was very, very upset when she lost most of her vision because she couldn't read. So what we did for her is enrolled her in the, um, the program of her getting uh, audiobooks, of course, for her, because they were, you know, for the blind, it's a specific program. You get three books and they, they come in like special packages and you had to have the very specific player that would play these, these cassettes. And it, it's very simple so that a visually impaired person can, can work it on their own and give them a sense of independence at a time when, uh, they, well, at least and this is, you know, all, from my grandmother, um, felt like her independence was being stripped away. So her being able to be like, yes, you know, I want this book. And we had her fill out this survey and, you know, what kind of books does she want? And she was very specific. You know, she would um, D- DNF a couple and, <laughs> and then have me write like an angry letter be like, this sucks. This isn't you know, in the genres that I wanted. Why'd you give me this crap book? Where, um, <laughs> Wait, what was her like genre that she leaned into? Uh, historical fiction. Oh, okay. That's very, oh, that you guys yeah. really were. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Historical fiction was her jam. So uh, she, she loved it. So we had her, you know, with all the historical fiction things. So if you were to say, you know, grandma, I don't really think you're reading books. You're just listening. I mean, she would have smacked you upside the head <laughs> because one, how insulting she can't physically read a book. She's listening to a book and she would be like in her chair wrapped up in her shawl with her big ass headphones that we got her on. And, you know, her eyes would be closed and we would come in and be like, grandma, do you need anything? And she gets so pissed. She's like, Pause the book before you talk to me. Like she's so in it, you know. And then it's she, like on TikTok, you're like you're interrupting. Like I'm going to my mind palace. Yeah, like, yeah. And it was such a thing. Rude. And then we, we would talk to her, and she'd be like, "No, I don't need anything. Go away. It's really good." Now rewind it for a little bit, you know. And then <laughs> so uh, that's me. That's me. I'm like, oh my god, leave me alone. I was just like, don't interrupt me. Don't. Interrupt yeah. Me. So I think I think the people that are having this conversation about like oh well audio isn't real reading are are younger people that maybe 
don't have this experience of of having lived with somebody that has had their vision take away or somebody that, you know, is disabled or handicapped. My mom likes handicapable. That's her word. She um, is also disabled. So it's just, it makes me really angry. So, you know, everybody has these different like lived personal experiences that kind of influences how they um, consume things and like consuming media is is different for everybody. So to say to a 98 year old woman that she's not actually reading something because she can't physically read it is just so infuriating. And and I feel like the the people that are having these arguments like on book talk and and just like you know bookstagram or or, or whatever are just coming from this weird place of privilege mm-hmm. and, and like ageism. So I I don't know. I don't want to get fired up about it. No, I mean, but it's something to be fired up on. And like you said, that there is a privilege that comes with it, especially, you know, whether you were born able to, you know, visually impaired or not. There is, you know, you want to have some sort of sense of control and independence in the media that you consume. And then at the same time, you also have people who, you know, there are we are privileged that we get to listen to this. We're privileged that we're able to physically read a book. There are people who do not, who have not been given the tools to learn how to read, who do not know how to read. So are we going to tell them, well, you listening to this doesn't, well, you're not really reading the same book. You're not really enjoying the book the way it should be enjoyed who gave us who gave anybody the right to tell you how you should and shouldn't consume media? Well, and, let, and let's all just remember that oral histories and like all of that, that is before people like wrote stuff down. That is how things got passed down. So like we had this like really rich oral history culture that that's how we all started. And then we developed you know writing and we we could do all of that so you know it's i don't know so it's just like shitting it's like shitting on this thing that we we all had in our past and then yeah it's just the fucking ableism and ageism and privilege of it that just drives me insane Ugh, god now, now I am all fired up. <laughs> no, I think it's something to be fired up about. I know, like, initially we were like, this is going to be an episode about, like, audio versus physical. But it's really coming to the defense of audio because we both consume. And I'm somebody who does read the physical book still. And I enjoy the audio. And it is a learned skill. And you're you're reaching a, a wider demographic. Because I think this also goes into finding the books that you like. There are people who maybe they had a terrible experience reading. I mean, I think of like there are families who use reading as punishment. And so, you know, maybe when you grow up, you detest reading. You want nothing to do with consuming a book ever again because of how it was used in your upbringing. But what if like the audio, you're like, you find a way to, especially now we're using books as escapism. You're finding a way to escape even further because the audio brings a different, you know, a different perspective that you don't have to be like, oh, if I sit in a rocking chair reading this book for five minutes or 10 minutes, it's because I'm being punished. Well, now you're listening to something and it's just, there's just so many different lived experiences that we we don't even know and we haven't experienced ourselves. So why why should we minimize how somebody else has those same experiences? I, I've got something for this. 
oh my God, you just, oh, this like undiscovered trauma <laughs> that I didn't realize that I had until this very moment. Oh no. Um, reading Romeo and Juliet out loud in AP English. Holy shit. Okay. So obviously it's Shakespeare. Obviously it's difficult, right? Like Shakespeare isn't easy to read out loud at 17 and like front of all your peers. Like it's horrible. And reading out loud in a classroom where you each have to like have a paragraph and go around the room is exactly where my anxiety started in like grade school. And so, you're counting the paragraphs. Yeah. To be like, okay, that I got to oh, practice. I gotta, yeah. Do I know this word? Like, I don't want to sound stupid. How awful was Ugh. it when that person that you were expecting for like paragraph three goes to the bathroom and you've been practicing paragraph four and now all of a sudden you have to do paragraph three and that's not what you prepared for? And not only that, just... In, in class, like when you get to the kid that just isn't comfortable reading out loud and or or they have a stutter or they have like some sort uh, of issue. Oh, my God. How fucking traumatizing. Right. So in high school, when we were reading Shakespeare, we we're reading Romeo and Juliet, like so many kids struggled so hard and it sucked the life out of Romeo and Juliet because you aren't you aren't getting the right like rhythm you aren't reading it the way that it was intended but holy shit you put on Boslerman's Romeo and Juliet we're sobbing right we're in it we're like oh that means like fuck you or like that's a dick joke you you were able to understand so much more because of the 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 way that it was presented to us and and I feel like I feel like in classrooms if that were kind of the standard approach then this whole world of like literary classics could be open to people that mm-hmm. just like sitting down and and reading Hamlet just doesn't have the same effect and just classics in general too I just I maybe it's just me I know one of our friends she loves the classics like she's deep into it that's always going to be her stuff um, but I, that it, like, it turns you off from them. I don't need to read Romeo and Juliet. I got Baz Luhrmann, you know, I don't need to read start, you know, I don't have to see, like, I don't have to read Macbeth because I'll just go see it at sleep no more. You know, I just, I, I'm very, don't, because they're, I, I don't want to say they're boring. It's it, cause that I know would offend some people. They're just not for me because the cadence and the prose of how things are written is just not a style that I follow. So uh, Shakespeare in Love is a really good movie if you are interested in this. Um, Shakespeare in Love is like... is that That's the one with Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Yeah, the, she won the Oscar for it. But it, it just kind of goes through, you know, obviously it's not like factual, but it goes through and like how he writes Romeo and Juliet and you get you you get the the process and you get... The, the tone and the inflection and the accent and the and the emotion behind it. Like what 17 year old is going to put emotion behind, you know, Juliet when you're just reading in class in front of everybody and you're not like a theater kid, you know, right. like it, it's just not it's not there. And that that goes back to like classism and like gatekeeping classics and stuff. But that's this whole other thing. Ugh. Ugh. We're heated. Rightfully yeah. so. Like, yeah. I feel like we have to defend ourselves. But, you know, I'm fine with defending it because it should be because there's, you know, you have so many people out there saying why it's not. Well, you know what? You need to have 
you have to have like team audiobooks. We're going to be out here defending it. And that's not to say that we don't enjoy like reading physical books. Obviously, we do. Also, ooh, also something uh, I think that maybe people are shitting on audio because, you know, there's a certain amount of like clout and a certain amount of like, who mysterious, like cool person when you're like walking around with a book all the time. Right. Like, oh, you saying like if you're walking around with a book all the time, like it's more of a perception thing. Well, no, it's more like I'm the main character. Look, I'm mysterious. I have this book and I'm going to read it oh. on this bench in a public park or like I'm reading on the subway and like someone will take a picture of me and put it on like hot guy reading. Or... Oh, I love hot guy reading. But like then I think of the other day when I was walking to work and I just started cackling and I was. Because the two, they were talking about demon sex in Legendborn. And I'm just like laughing at the corner. And I go, somebody's totally looking at me and I don't even care because if they only knew. Right. But if you had the physical copy in front of you, they'd be like, oh, oh, her book is funny. Yeah, I don't I don't care. Yeah, but also, like, I don't need you to, like, see me reading a touch of, you know, a touch of darkness and my cheeks flushing as I'm walking either. I'm going to walk into somebody, you know, I'd get my ass beat if I wasn't, you know, being aware of my surroundings, especially in New York, you know, like you have to be attentive. And that's another thing. Like, maybe it's a safety thing. I can't be like Belle walking through the town reading my book. Like, do I relate to Belle? Absolutely. Like, I get it. But I'm in New York. This isn't going to work out for me. But that also speaks to books as like an accessory, right? Like, um, you know, I have my I have my purse. I have my hat. I have my sunglasses. I have my book in my hand. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's it's a whole thing. And like, maybe that's because of the the like culture and the community, you know, like the the main character mindset or the the, I don't know. I guess I've never seen myself as the main, even in my own dreams. Me either. I'm always the friend. Like I've cock blocked myself so many times. Like, like if I had like a celebrity dream crush and I'm like, I have, and it reminds me of, of Scrubs and Zach Braff. There's this one line where he goes, holy inferiority complex, Batman. Like he says it to Turk and I'm like, but I get it because the fact that I can't even be the main character in my own dream. Same. I'm always the weird friend. I'm always like, like, you go right ahead. I got this. Like, I'm always, I don't know how to be the main character. (laughs) Uh, More main character energy, please, Revolt. Like, everybody's main character energy but my own because I don't have it. Aelin, Bryce, like, let's do this. Interesting that you bring up Elizabeth Evans, who does Crescent City and does all of Throne of Glass, you know, really wonderful. The information that Rowan has an accent, right? Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Evans does not give him an accent, a specific accent. I, okay, so right now, I think, and maybe it was partly because Sarah had said it in something, um, is that Rowan would have a Scottish accent and totally here for it. Love it. Yes, please. More. But I think I would also be offended if somebody tried to do and, and did an it bad. Ad, yeah. And did it badly. I just know, like, you know what? Let me, because also, especially if, depending on how you're reading it, if you want to read it in a Scottish accent, go for it. But not everybody can. And I'm not going to try to, you know, I, I love 
the songs. I love TikTok bringing Rowan to life even more. Um, I think that's just that's just attributed to how we consume the media. You know, even if he has an accent, but this also goes to if you're just physically reading, some people can add that in. I think there was there was somebody on TikTok. I want to say her name's Hannah Nicole. She's doing all the really good, um, oddly specific book tropes and like her own like enemies to lovers scenarios that I've absolutely been loving. She had I had commented and she had commented back and I was like, oh my gosh, she commented back. Um, she goes, she's always read the love interests, like the, you know, the dark broody, like villainous love interests at with a British accent. And I had never thought to do that. So I think, you know, and I'm more like you, Laura, like if I'm just reading it, I'm just reading it on the page. I'm not assigning these different things. So I thought that was really interesting. So I wonder how if like I say if when I do an eventual traumatizing reread of Throne of Glass, if I'm going to be reading Rowan differently. That's a really good point. And it makes me think of how much I enjoy the audiobooks of The Folk of the Air because I love how the narrator gives voice to Carden and gives mm-hmm. him like a smoky kind of like, I don't know, like just such a, a different voice. And, and it, it makes me love him that much more. And it's the same narrator. And I think I think that's also something to be said about audiobooks, too, is because like we have recently with like the Six of Crows duology, there was multiple um, narrators for that book um, for the characters. And that's not always the case. You know, like Throne of Glass is a perfect example where you have one author doing that whole cast and you still know who they are. So I think that that's a testament of, you know, and like with the folk of the air, you know who you're listening to, even if you're not like, you know where you are in that part of the story. So the whole reason that we did this episode is because (laughs) Jess and I, have decided to do an experiment. Oh, yes. So let's preface this. Shelby Mahirin, am I saying her name right? I've never said it out loud. I don't know. Okay. There's a book coming out July 27th, Gods and Monsters. It's part of the Serpent and Dove series. Now, Laura has read Serpent and Dove and Blood and Honey. I have not. Um... She has listened to the audiobook. We know there's... Is this the book? Is this the series with Lou and Reed? I've seen those names. Yes. Okay. So she's read the books. Not a fan of the narrator. I know nothing, but I know that people love these characters. So the experiment is I'm going to physically read the book. And I will re-listen to them. And she'll re-listen to them. So I will read Serpent and Dove and Blood and Honey And then when Gods and Monsters comes out, we're going to flip it and I'm going to listen to Gods and Monsters and Laura's going to physically read the book. To see if I like it because goddamn do I not. (laughs) (laughs) Which like and it's just again, people are so passionate about it. And I mean, for all I know, this is going to this could very much be like a Grishaverse thing where I'm just struggling through. But people love that series, too. So I don't know. It's an experiment. Switch it up and we'll go from there. I- I'm really excited about it. We had this idea. We we're like, yes, how That's, fun. Yeah, because this whole time we've been really consuming it the same exact way. And it's mostly been rereads for you. So this will be very, it'll be, you know, something challenging. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. 
<laughs> I love you're like, you have this idea. And then we're like, well, yeah, let's do it. But like, whoa, shift, you know? Well, and, and that is part of our uh, brand, a court of fandoms and exploration. We are open to everything. Yeah, we're exploring. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of it. So thanks for joining us this week. And we look forward to we. There's a lot to come. This is so exciting. I can't believe we pretty much have summer mapped out. <laughs> and and we know we know that this episode is not like genre specific. You know, this is kind of all over the place. You know, we've had our, our villains episode and our morally gray episodes. You know, they are what they are. And this is kind of in the same, you know, line as those. But um, we are here to do lots of things. We're not just solely book related. So exciting this is exciting you know like you said we have to explore we're not we love the book community you know and we love all we love all fandoms so it's not exclusive to one thing and i think that's what makes it exciting so thank you for listening thank you feel free to follow us on instagram at cafe podcast and also follow us on our randomness reactions and all the things on tiktok laura's at cafe laura and i'm at cafe jessica Have a great week. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.